Hey, I'm Corey. And I'm Lori. And this is the Nourish Circle Podcast. Join the band as we gather in our Nourish Circle and talk all things weight-inclusive, haze, non-diet, and whatever else is nourishing us. Today's episode is brought to you by our Join the Band Teespring store. Click the link in our show notes to check out our badass non-diet dietitian merchandise. On today's episode, we spoke to Fiona Sutherland, an accredited practicing dietitian and director of both the Mindful Dietitian and Body Positive Australia. She has been practicing for over 15 years, primarily in the areas of eating behavior, eating disorders, body image, sports nutrition, and education training. Fiona is a committed non-diet dietitian and is passionate about supporting and educating health professionals to develop skills and insight into working with clients from a weight-inclusive, heart-centered lens. She is also host of the podcast, The Mindful Dietitian, and a sports dietitian, working with emerging professional dancers at the Australian Ballet School. Fiona is a dedicated mindfulness practitioner and yoga teacher, bringing a particular emphasis on mindful eating and the intersection of food environment, eating psychology, and body image into her work and training. She is trained in mindfulness-based stress reduction, mindful self-compassion, and mindfulness-based eating awareness training. Fiona is a guest lecturer within the Melbourne-based dietetics courses across four universities within the areas of eating behavior, body image, counseling skills, and the non-diet approach. We talked to Fiona about a lot of cool things, but some of the highlights from this episode is how the Mindful Dietitian came to be, what is splinter assing, and how can we step away from that, mindful eating and intuitive eating, and what the Mindful Dietitian has coming up for 2019. We talked about a lot of really cool things with Fiona in this episode, but some of the highlights were how the Mindful Dietitian came to be, what is splinter assing, the difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating, and what the Mindful Dietitian has coming up for 2019. Hi, Fiona. Thank you so much for joining our Nourish Circle today. Hey, Laurie. Hey, Corey. It's so awesome to be here with both of you. My goodness, I've had the great pleasure of speaking with you both individually, but whoa, this is a real treat. I know, it's so exciting. Um, before we start, we always like to ask um, what kind of, what privileges you'd like to identify with before we start talking, as well as any paradigms or um, anything that you work from that you'd like to share before we get started. Yeah, I love that starting point, Laurie. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. So um, I am a, a white, female, smaller bodied, educated, uh, cisgender, um, able-bodied, middle, oh God, approaching middle-aged, um, but still maybe on the younger end of middle age, like I'm still having my menstrual cycle, which will, I mean, a little bit, I mean, God, we're less than a minute in and I'm telling everybody about my, uh, my <laughs> well, menstrual cycle. there you cycle. go. So, <laughs> right, exactly. Let's all let it all hang out. So, um, so, so, admittedly, still on the you know kind of premenopausal side of things, which gives me privilege. Um, and there's there is numerous other ways I could describe how fortunate I am, and the and the ways in which I have nothing at all to do with the um, the ways in which I, I show up in the world. Um, in terms of how I uh, how I identify the work and the paradigms I use, so I would say I'm a weight, uh, weight inclusive, um, all bodies inclusive, um, health at every size dietitian and practitioner and yoga teacher. 
Um, and the practice principles that I adopt are fall within the non-diet approach, which is falls under health at every size, of course. So, yeah, that's kind of a great place to start. Thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing that. Oh, we kind of were interested. And if you could tell us a little bit about how the Mindful Dietitian came to be. Yes. Okay. So um, what I was noticing in my work a couple of years ago, because actually the Mindful Dietitian is only a couple of years old as, a, as an entity or as a brand or as a small business or however you want to kind of describe what it is, um, it came about because I was noticing that I was becoming a lot more involved in the professional communities and the professional practice uh, space, um, offering kind of training, education, workshops, retreats, all kinds of things. And I felt like I didn't, in, in the way my existing business was structured with, within Body Positive Australia, mm-hmm. it felt like I needed to do something a little bit more specific, which spoke to my desires for creating a specific type of community specifically for dietitians. So I don't actually know how I came up with the name, but um, I, I said to a colleague of mine who does a lot of business coaching, I said, I've been thinking about this and this is the name I came up with. And she, she literally jumped out of her seat and said, <laughs> yes, that's the name, that's the name, that's the name. And from there, I, you know, I have to kind of think carefully through a number of decisions, especially when it comes to, you know, as you both are, you know, running a business means that you have to think through decisions mm-hmm. carefully and be really considerate about how you frame things and who, you, who you're who speaking to in terms of your audience. And I thought, well, this is, this is a kind of a, a business name and, um, uh, and a way of setting things up that really speaks to to me and it speaks to the kind of community that I really wanted to support to move more into this, um, to move more into the the weight inclusive space. So rather than it being around weight and bodies and dietetic practice and things like that, what I wanted to do was to really describe um, the sense of which we are coming to all of that. So whether you're working in clinical practice or community practice or no matter what kind of people that we are all working with, given that it, that is extremely diverse, what I wanted to describe is more, um, yeah, that sense with which we come to that, what we share in common or, you know, wishes that we have in common. And mindfulness for me really brings with us, I mean, the, the essence of mindfulness is really the, an essence of of presence mm-hmm. and being present with our own experiences as well as being present with the experience of others and then how those are dynamic and, and intersect with one another. So for me, that's really kind of how it came about. So just distilling that, it seemed to be a name which which described what I wanted to be communicating more about and then also, um, uh, yeah, the kind of the kind of community that I wanted to support. So, um, you know, how it's actually turned out is that the Mindful Dietitian kind of as a community is broader than just dietitians. So uh, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not a dietitian. Can I be here? And it's like, oh, my goodness, everyone's welcome. Like if, you're a, if you're a professional who identifies as being weight inclusive or is really curious about what this what this community is all about then come join us like you know pull up a seat at the campfire and let's make s'mores and you know (laughs) 
slip in the Canadian bit there. It's, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you were in BC for a while, weren't you? Yeah, I lived I lived in Alberta. Um, yeah, I lived there for almost two years, actually. So I got to eat a lot of s'mores and I just, oh my goodness, we still bake them using, well, we don't have graham crackers, so we have to use the next best thing. So it's kind of uh, faux s'mores. How's that? <laughs> well, you're definitely going to have to come visit and we can make some. Are you kidding? If that is, if that is my official invitation, then I'm there. <laughs> I will make s'mores anytime. Yes. yes. Excellent. Although we might have to do a gluten-free version, but yeah, that's totally but doable. Gluten-free graham crackers for sure. Yes, they are. Yeah. They exist. I think that's totally. how I found you though. Not the s'mores part, but the, I think I Googled mindful dietitian looking for dietitians who practice mindfulness. And you were the first thing that popped up. I think that's how I kind of, that's how I found you in the internet's world. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and then just really gravitated to your work. Um, to be honest, and I think I've taken every single course you've ever offered. Um, but oh, yeah, it was so funny. Oh. <laughs> you have taught me so much. I can honestly say that. Oh wow! Thank you. I really, I, I really, genuinely, just wholeheartedly, really appreciate that because. Um, you know, like, like we all experience, you know, when we're working with people, whether they are colleagues or students or clients or, you know, community members or whoever it is, the, the honest truth is we're not too sure exactly how we're, how we're doing. Oh, you know, we're not, we're not exactly too sure. And I think that although, um, you know, although sometimes we, can become reliant on um, on various ways to measure our own quote unquote performance. I think it's just I I know that I I just have to I just have to trust that the experiences that I've had um, and the way in which I've um, being able to kind of dig down into some of the more nuanced or complex parts of our work. I just have to trust that somebody sometime out there is ready and would benefit from that because the more that we can create these spaces where we can not only share information but then also support one another in especially when it comes to the tough conversations which we all have really regularly because I think for a lot of us that's a bit of our it's a bit of our forks in the road. Like when, when things get tough or we feel criticised for the work that we're doing, we, um, you know, sometimes I think we lose good, really good dietitians and really good practitioners because, um, you know, we think then we're doing the wrong thing or we're, you know, there's something wrong with the way that we're practising. Whereas, you know, what we want to be really supporting is to help uh, you know, us to trust our own intuition and our own wisdom and to know that we have so much inside of us that we can really trust. And that's exactly what we're trying to teach our clients, isn't it? You know, so um, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Laurie. Oh, no, yes. thank you. I, I'm so enjoying the sports nutrition eating disorder program that you launched recently because it's, I don't even think... If you're not a sports dietitian, I feel like anyone would benefit from taking that course. There's so much information. You did such an amazing job at organizing it. Um, and I get so excited when I hear your voice. I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to oh. be good. So um, I wanted to thank you for that because I, oh, 
it's just, there's so many tools in there that obviously anyone working in that population would love to get their hands on. Mm-hmm. So we'll plug that oh, for you. Oh, thanks, Corey. You know, I, it, it's, it's really interesting you say that because when, because for years, um, you know, as all of us have been, you know, working on and off with in the athlete space, whether or not we're kind of participating ourselves or, or not, whether we're, you know, we're more on the professional side of things. Um, just over my years working with athletes, I've just noticed this real um, gap in the in the kind of the, the learning, the opportunities for learning about not only disordered eating and eating disorders, but then also the specific cultural pressures, mm-hmm. um, whether that comes along with bodies and um, fueling and um, gosh, weighing, measuring, counting, yeah. you know, all this stuff that can be, it can feel quite unique to athlete culture, but then also athletes are also exposed to so much of wider diet culture, you know, with all its pressures on how to look, how to eat, what we should or shouldn't be doing to apparently be valuable individuals. Um, and so I guess, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you here just for a moment and to say that this started off just as a little side project I was like oh I think I might just put down a few of my ideas and maybe I'll make this into a little course and um 20 hours of of content later (laughs) (laughs) you can say it's not very little (laughs) no no but but um, I'm sure that you you can both um envisage that when you look at when you start off thinking about these kind of topics they're not narrow topics it's like one one topic leads on to the next and then one topic leads on to the next and I'm not a huge kind of fan of leaving threads undone like if somebody has a question about for example relative energy deficiency in sport well then I want to be talking about you know bone health and then we want to be talking about um, you know how this can signal um, early warning signs of an eating disorder or you know what are the processes that we have to undertake in order to you know make sure our communication is locked tight you know when um, we're working with with athletes who are vulnerable or who are at risk or um, yeah so it turned from a little project into this <laughs> this massive big course so I appreciate you sticking in there with me <laughs> Well, we are so thankful that that little project turned into what it did because it's been so, and it's, I find it funny how the universe always does this, but I was starting at, um, at, in the fitness uh, program and I was thinking, how am I going to translate this to that sports population? And then I think Lori sent me a message and I went, oh, okay, yeah, that's exactly what I need. So it was just hilarious, the timing that you launched <laughs> in my, oh, you. you know, selfishly, like what I needed at that time. It was like, thank you, Fiona. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. Mine. So. yeah, well, I, I did know that, Corey. In fact, I can <laughs> read minds. It's my special talent. You, yep, are can so, read you are so intuitive. <laughs> but I mean, that's a good question for you that I've always wondered, um, you know, in this, world that we're in there's obviously the intuitive eating and there's the mindful eating and I'm just curious you know what your definition of mindful eating is and intuitive eating and what led you to choose the mindful dietitian especially with your, your yoga history yeah great question Corey I think um so so it might be helpful for us to start off 
a little bit by talking about how mindfulness and intuitive eating or mindful eating and intuitive eating are, how they're similar and then how they're different. Um, would that be helpful? Absolutely. And I know you could go on forever. So <laughs> I promise I won't. <laughs> no, keep it tight. <laughs> I know. I know it's a, a large topic, so feel free to share whatever. Yeah, sure. No problem. So um, most people who are listening, and certainly you both will be aware that, you know, mindfulness has its roots in really ancient Buddhist traditions and wisdom. Um, and so it's, you know, this is it's something that modern psychology and modern science have been adopting because what we've discovered more recently through, um, you know, MRIs and being able to measure physiological um, and neurological changes is that we've discovered that mindfulness practice, in particular meditation, can actually change the brain and can change the way neural pathways are both laid down and um, the way information is transmitted in the brain and from the brain to the body. And of course, um, a lot of the um, ancient wisdom traditions, they knew this well before MRIs, um, but, you know, thanks to kind of Western philosophy and um, more, more modern uh, ways of thinking, uh, we kind of have left behind a lot of the, the kind of mind-body uh, wisdom traditions which were so dominant earlier on, uh, earlier on, the, um, you, know, in, in, in the, you know, in the past. So, um, so mindfulness is not only rooted in kind of ancient wisdom tradition, it's a, it's a practice in and of itself. Um, so then mindful eating is like the application of mindfulness or a sense of presence or being with our present moment experience um, with curiosity and dropping the judgment and criticism, um, but specifically related to the eating experience. So it may or may not be um, the practice of eating, but it could be anything from, um, or the way I describe it is anything from kind of tending to the veggie patch to cutting some flowers to chopping food to, um, to uh, you know, stirring, uh, stirring a meal on the stove. So mindful eating, I more think about it being mindful, I mean, and think about your the way you two have called yours the nourished circle. So I more think about it as mindful nourishment. So, so it's specifically, you know, the ways in which we use um, or we are with food um, that helps to nourish us and helps to, to fuel us as more than um, macros and, and calories and individual nutrients, but that the whole, the whole kind of body, mind, food intersecting experience how that kind of is very meaningful for us as humans. Um, so, yeah, mindfulness is kind of not only the kind of present moment awareness and tasting and things like slowing down or, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, e eating um, as an experience in and of itself rather than eating plus being on your phone plus watching TV plus, I don't know, driving. I mean, not that you'd be watching TV and driving. That was silly. Anyway. <laughs> what I mean you get what I mean so it, it is all those things yes except for the tv and driving thing um together um but it's also a lot more I think it, it comes with a it comes almost with a spirit an intention um a, a sense a I don't know it's it comes it's it's a whole kind of philosophy I guess you would say um and it can be applied to anything from moving to to parenting, to um, 
I don't know, I guess you could do anything mindfully. <laughs> um, and then whereas intuitive eating, really the way I think about it is mindful eating sits almost within intuitive eating as one of the broad set of principles. So a lot of your listeners will probably be aware that um, intuitive eating is a set of 10 principles which were um, described so beautifully by um, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch a number of years ago now who have done an incredible job at distilling these ideas which all sit within the health at every size paradigm and they distilled them so cleverly into these 10 practice principles which kind of bring everything to life so there are things like you know reject the diet mentality um which so that's so that's just one example of the 10 principles which really bring um uh, you know they're they're actionable and they're they're kind of um you, you can there's a lot of uh, a lot of nuance and complexity within each of the principles but the way they've laid them out just makes it really clear what we are doing as we're doing it like okay um whereas um mindfulness and mindful eating kind of sits within intuitive eating so mindful eating is not a set of practice principles um intuitive eating is a set of principles and non-diet approach also is a set of principles very similar to intuitive eating it's like a different name for the same thing and mindful eating sits within those principles so it's one of the practices that sits within the principles so um anyway that's a long-winded explanation <laughs> i thought it was a great explanation actually yeah. <laughs> so helpful yeah i mean as a person who actually does understand both i still kind of struggle a little bit with the well it kind of sits here and this goes around here <laughs> and so i thought that was great um so when we're looking at um you know you talked a little bit about the mindful dietitian and your sports nutrition course and you are going to travel a bit again in this upcoming year we're a little interested in how do you stay so organized with all these projects and when, you're always and lovely. you're so and you know you're being interviewed for this podcast and you interview on your own podcast and you do all these amazing things and you have such positive, wonderful messaging. Um, and we're just so amazed at how you're able to do all that and then stay so firm in your beliefs um, while you're doing it and just presenting it. We're just curious as to how you're so organized. Ah, well, I don't sleep. That's one thing. So, <laughs> I'm kidding. I do. I have plenty of sleep. You know, um, I think I, I want to be, I want to really acknowledge a couple of the privileges that I have. And that is that, um, you know, we, um, as a family, my, a, a little bit of the backstory is that, um, you know, my husband, for a few reasons, needed to go part-time. He had he went from full-time to part-time work about uh about three years ago now um and i was working part-time at the time just really doing a lot of private practice and the the honest truth that i want to acknowledge is that i was suddenly kind of as a family we were thrust into a situation where i had to really um, increase our income in order to in order to um you know uh, pay off our house essentially kind of thing yeah. and in order to keep ourselves financially secure um and so what i 
what I did, and this is, I completely, completely acknowledge that this is not available to everybody. Um, I brought forward some longer term projects that I had in mind in terms of education and training and setting up programs and online courses and things like that. I was in a position where I had, I was literally being pushed from the back by nobody in particular, um, apart from maybe the bank manager, but I literally, <laughs> I, I literally had to jump. Um, would I have jumped had I not been at the, in that position? I am not sure. I would like, I mean, do you know what? Every inch of me would like to say, yes, I would have jumped anyway, but I'm actually not sure I would have. I think I had to, the kind of universe had to conspire to just say, okay, now or never, now or never, I have to do it. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing is that as soon as I did take that leap and just kind of put just a handful of things out into the world, the feedback that I was getting around what people were interested in um, and wanted more of was kind of overwhelming, to be honest. People were just wanting more and more and more and more. Um, and so what I had to do was to, tr to aim to be responsive to what people were wanting and needing, whilst also at the same time remaining really humble that I am completely on my own path of learning as well. I learn something from all kinds of people all the time. Um, and, you know, one of my yoga teachers said to me once that she still goes to other people's um, classes at least once, once a month because she says everybody has something to teach us. And, um, and I said, just that's nice, but don't ever turn up to my class, please. <laughs> Uh, so she was like, no, 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 you have something to teach me as well. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, but still don't. Oh, please, that would be great, thank you. Um, so I think what I, you know, what I really aim to do to just come back to that idea of staying really grounded is that uh, I think, what do I do? Um, I I keep coming back to some to what I think, to what I feel like is most important and what I want to most contribute to the world and the way in which I want to do that. And I, I'm, I'm not a person with a personality that just kind of goes along with things. I've always, I mean, my mum would jump on here very happily and tell you about all the things I did as a child to, you know, push against the status quo and to, push against things and how I never liked people what to do and, um, you know, cut my own fringe, which is, you know, um, bangs, um, oh, you know, yeah. cut, my own, yeah, cut my own hair um, and have, you know, have spent a lot of my life not doing what people expect me to do, I suppose. Um, and I, you know, most of all, I just hope to be a person who doesn't sugarcoat things and who is willing to talk about the tough stuff as well as talk about what's going well. I'm really, really happy to talk about what's not going well and to talk about what we need to do 
to actually make a difference in the world, you know, with whatever that is. So whatever area of practice that we're working in, whether it's with kids or with families or with um, the older generation or in disability services or um, in folks of different, you know, um, Indigenous backgrounds or folks with eating disorders or athletes or, you know, teaching at universities like you do, that, um, you know, there are some skills that we can call on um, which is where the mindful dietitian came in, that sense of bringing, bringing that really wholehearted sense of presence to conversations that we have each and every day really keeps us grounded um, in understanding how to be in that space between, um, you know, staying true to our principles and practice while also staying really open-minded to other people's experiences at that same time. So what that allows us to do is, and I know I'm not alone in this, is I have a tendency towards the fix-it mode. So I love to kind of advice give and I love to, you know, relieve people of their pain because, you know, I'm human, same as everybody else. But what I've realised is that actually that doesn't help people mm. and, that actually coming to conversations, tough conversations, um, you know, with a sense of presence is actually the greatest gift that we can possibly um, offer people. So, yeah, that um, didn't kind of answer your question about how I um, get shit done, but <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I just – and uh, oh, I t- do you know what? I'll tell you how I get shit done is I don't wait for it to be perfect. That's how I do it. I just start. Oh, that's amazing. Corey tells me that all the time. <laughs> yeah, I just start. Just start. Yeah. I will wait and I will wait. And she's always telling me, no, 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 just do it. Yeah. Because people don't want perfect. That's the thing is it's our story. We yeah. They don't want it. They don't want it. They just want to see. They just want to get in there and give it a go and want to see other people doing that same thing. So the truth is I'm not doing anything magical or different. I'm just not waiting for it to be perfect, I guess. That in itself is such an answer. I mean, I just heard so many things there in terms of how humble you are where, you know, you're just there to learn. And I, I, you know, I, I always think of that when I hear you on the podcast, you always end with, thank you so much. I learned so much. And, mm-hmm. and you can tell it's just so genuine because you yes. really, you're so open to learning more and not being perfect and knowing it all. It's, um, you know, it just radiates from you. And I just respect you so much for that. Oh, thank you. I I just really appreciate that because I, it's um I think the moment we think we've got this licked, we're in trouble. You know. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But I think mm, that's totally what agree. stops so many people, whether it's a client or other dietitians or nutrition professionals. Because um, I too, I don't like this whole. If you're not a dietitian, you can't talk about nutrition. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that's mm. going on, and I think that's worldwide. I don't think that's just in Canada, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's really just yeah like just letting that go but I think that's a tendency in dietitians especially is to be like type a perfect um you know know everything fix everything and and then you miss the experience that your client or yourself is going through and you don't get the full lesson 
Yeah, definitely. It kind of sugarcoat sugarcoats everything, and and kind of what we're doing there is we're we're kind of we're wanting to change things to be the way we want them to be, or we're we're trying to change things or fix things to be the way um, our clients want them to be because actually that makes us more comfortable. You know, yes. so yeah. when we are and I appreciate this takes time. I would not have said this ten years ago. I tell you this right now. Um, but I think when we when we are much more comfortable with our own discomfort, mm -hmm. then we are actually getting somewhere because we can get messy. We can really get messy with our clients and we can be with them in their own messiness. Um, you know, if we're wanting to sanitise things and wanting to make it all nice and pretty and comfortable, uh, when we're not going to get anywhere. Oh. We love messy. <laughs> right, Lori? We, we, we are messy. Like a, this is a total theme in both of our lives. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just embracing that messiness. Um, and, oh, gosh, you're just even more amazing than I already knew you were. But I'm just curious, you know, do you have, like, dreams at night where you get all these epiphanies of things to work on? Or is it – what is – what is it that nourishes you in terms of your inspiration for all of these amazing projects? That is such a great question. I get all my best ideas in the shower because you don't have a pen and paper. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> totally. Do you as well? Yes. yes. I have totally debated getting one of my kids bathtub crayons for my shower. Oh <laughs> my God. That see. That is an idea. That I is like an idea. Voice message into my watch. <laughs> and I'm like, da -da 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 -da, like yelling from the shower. So silly. That is such. Now that is brilliant. Um, <laughs> I actually have a couple of colleagues that said they that they got the they got the title of their PhD in the shower. Wow. So I mean, this is that, 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 you know that's a big deal, right? I mean, I. I will never do a PhD. It goes on record now on the Nourish Circle. I will never do a PhD. Um, and I have total respect for those who do because I think it's just such an incredible undertaking. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, if people are getting PhD titles in the shower, that's a pretty special place. So there or driving. <laughs> Again, no pen and paper. So um, what is it about the no pen and paper, do you think? Oh, right. Right? There's something there, isn't there? Um, I think it's that, well, I don't know. I see it as extremely inconvenient, but there's something about not being able to do something in that moment maybe about that particular idea, but maybe letting it marinate for a bit. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. All I know is if I have a great idea in the shower, I am getting my hair washed, toot sweet, and I am out of there because I want to write that shit down. <laughs> Oh, I no, I, I call myself in the car and leave a voicemail message too. Oh my God, Laurie, again, that brilliant <laughs> idea. I'm like, have random conversations with my voicemail a lot. Oh, <laughs> I love that. No, I think um, I, get, I get a lot of inspiration actually from my colleagues, from people like you both, um, from people all along the the kind of the experience pathway so I get I, honestly I get just as much in, inspiration from kind of people who are newer to 
to the field and from um, dietitians who are um, just graduated as I do from people who've been in the field like that go before us. So people like um, Deb Burgard or people like um, Lisa Debril or people like Evelyn Triboli who have, who I just have, I would lay down on the floor in front of any of those women. They are just absolutely incredible and have really paved the way for people like us to be able to step forward and do the work that we do with any kind of confidence, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, the students that I work with and the questions that they ask and the way in which they see the world with fresh eyes that re- and even some of the conversations that I, you know, there's a part of me that feels like rolling my eyes and then there's the other part of me that's like, no, there is something in here for you to learn. So put those eyes away and engage with this because this is actually a really interesting question or really interesting inquiry or um so again I guess it comes back to you know what can this question teach us um and at the same time I guess I've also had quite a number of experiences as I know you two have as well where we have to set our boundaries where people are asking a lot maybe from us or we are being asked to do and explain and kind of defend maybe ourselves. And I find that I am happy to go a certain distance and then I'm like, um, I tap out. I really tap out. And just like, mm, no, there's my boundary. I only have so much time in the day. So I ch- this is how I choose to use my energy is in supporting people who are curious, who have really interesting, good questions. But if you're going to, sit here and argue and and also maybe engage with um, fat phobic or weight stigmatizing commentary then I need to set my boundary and set those boundaries on behalf of a whole bunch of other people as well and um, shut their shit down right now Mm -hmm. so good well Mm -hmm. you are so good at shutting things down with your amazing um, commentary and you're at the best hashtags sometimes. Um, I would love if before we go, you could explain the hashtag splinter ass to all of us because (laughs) it is one of my favorite things in the whole world. And I have said it, I've stood up in front of a class that I've been lecturing and I'm like, okay, this is my favorite hashtag I have to share. I just want to how did I know that this was coming next? When you said the word hashtag, I'm like, oh, here she goes. <laughs> I love a good hashtag, as you may have noticed, and I quite enjoy yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what Splinter Ass describes is this phenomenon of, well, you know, in what situation will we get splinters in our ass when we're sitting on a fence? Right. Mm -hmm. So this is essentially what this means is a fence sitter is somebody who is trying to, I mean, in other circles, it's called, it's called speaking out of both sides of your mouth. Um, And it's what it is in, in our particular circles in health at every size circles, what it is, is it's on one side kind of promoting maybe it's body positivity or maybe it's intuitive eating or maybe it's eating disorder recovery or maybe it's, um, I don't know, um, I don't know, all kinds of things which really resonate and speak so deeply to the human desire for wholeness um, and the human pursuit of of wholeness and the pursuit of a meaningful life. But then on the other hand, 
also promoting ideas maybe around changing the body or fixing the body or um, maybe weight loss or um, diet, any kind of ideas that come from diet culture. So um, there are there are various, I guess, um, breeds of splinter ass or breeds or uh, <laughs> types, subtypes of splinter ass. So the 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 understandable um, uh, splinter ass or the the kind of the one I come across maybe in students or in new grads are the ones who are not quite grasping the nuances between weight centric work and then weight inclusive work and and kind of non-diet approaches and and how that sits under health at every size they're not kind of quite grasping how it all kind of fits together um, which is totally understandable so I don't universally use the word splinter ass as a actually no I do I do use it as slander <laughs> I do as criticism okay so there are the, there's kind of the fence sitters um the I really that are really understandable because we're new to the game, right? Mm -hmm. And I was there. Can I just say I was there? I was there for actually a number of years because I didn't get. I, I was. I loved the intuitive eating stuff. I love non diet approach, but I was also. I also hadn't stepped away from weight centric work yet. Um, so I have had plenty of splinters in my own ass over time, um, and then the other one, which is actually the one which I usually call out. I do a little bit of calling in, but usually I'll just go straight for the jugular and just do the big call out. Um, and that is the the splinter ass who knowingly does that, who knowingly um, puts forward ideas, um, kind of a commentary around, um, yeah, um, maybe a body acceptance or body positivity or intuitive eating or mindfulness or mindful eating and knowingly then also sends messages around body fixing or weight loss or changing the body or maybe portion, portion control or my favourite, quote-unquote, weight management. Uh, um, right, yeah, exactly. That's the sound I love. So um, that's the sound of splinter ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I need the splinter ass sound. That's what you did. Yeah, you can record that one. Record that in the shower. There you go. Um, <laughs> Lori sure. literally just sent me a text message with three hearts because she just <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed that as much as I did. So <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's my definition of a That's Yeah, I totally awesome. did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, like, you come up with so many good things. I think I must reply to your thing so often. This needs a t-shirt. This needs a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you could create a whole store with your splinter ass side eye everything it's so fabulous oh yeah i love the side eye yeah that's great and my eye rolling yeah eye rolling. Yeah, yeah. i love the eye rolling yeah so but with that in mind and i am not going to give anything away right now it sounds as if you two have got a plan in mind of some description so i'm sure the nourish circle at some point would love to hear about your very clever Oh, yes. And we have you to thank for that too, don't we? Well, you're welcome because I meant every single word <laughs> of that. <laughs> yes, and we will make sure that it, something gets shipped to Australia as soon as it's available. Oh, yes. Oh. With some graham oh, crackers. Yeah. With oh, some graham crackers. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that they won't be in a million pieces by the time they get there, but we'll try. Okay. We'll use the good bubble wrap. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Appreciate your thoughtfulness around that. <laughs> it's all about saving the graham crackers. I can't remember <laughs> some things, but I will remember random facts that you like s'mores. So, oh yeah, how it brain works. Yeah, I'm super. Oh, well, I was just thinking I could bring some to your workshop in New York. <gasps> yeah. Oh my gosh, would you? <gasps> oh my gosh, Lori. Oh, I'd be so grateful. Thank you. Yes, please. I accepted. Accepted gratefully. I'm going to put it in my calendar, but that's a good segue into all the amazing stuff that you're doing in the new year. So mm. what great stuff do you have coming up in the new year? Well, I am. Okay. So I've got a couple of things. And the, the um, first thing is um, that I wanted to talk about, which is not a secret. And the second thing is a little bit of a secret, which I want to tell both <sighs> you two about, because of course it's just us two. It's just you two. It's just us three, isn't it? Listening to this. All so this. I'll tell you, okay. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little sneaky peek on what, um, I'm doing next year. So the first thing is not a secret. Um, and that is I'm coming to um, the US to, I'm speaking at a conference at the um, International Eating Disorders Conference in New York in March. And I was thinking, ugh, it's a bit boring really to travel all that way and just do that, really. So how about we do something fun as well? So I have designed um, a workshop which I'm going to be running in both New York City um, on. Uh, March the 17th, St. Patrick's Day, of course it is, um, and then on March the 20th in San Diego. And the title of the workshop is going to be Mindfulness and Body Image, Bringing Presence to Tough Conversations. So essentially what the workshop is really going to be doing is taking a deeper dive um, really into how we can cultivate skills within ourselves and how we can be more present when tough conversations specifically around body image, but of course we will extend into lots of other topics that we could name as tough conversations um, and how we can develop those skills and uh, a sense of knowing more about ourselves and our, 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 our responsivity and our reactivity um, and, and how we can cultivate those practices to take into work and our personal lives with us. So I'm really excited because this is a new workshop for me um, and so I hope it goes really well. Um, and I'm totally excited to be seeing you, Laurie. It'll be amazing. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I literally saw it and I turned to my husband and I was like, um, Fiona's coming to New York in March. And he's like, well, I guess you're not going to be here that weekend. I'm like, nope. All right. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. We love Mike. Thanks, Mike. Yes. Yes, I know. We enjoy Mike. <laughs> yeah, we love Mike. Yeah, and uh, Lori and I were messaging each other, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I was about to book," and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's my son's birthday." I can't. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> literally, like I was too excited. I didn't even really think about my own family. <laughs> oh, bless you! No, well, the number of times I've done that, my goodness me. Yeah. Um. So, um, and the the second thing that I kind of can't wait, actually. So, we were talking before about the um, eating disorders in sport online course. Mm -hmm. And what I really want to do is um, make training and education a lot more accessible to people. So I am not going to be leaving behind my in-person trainings because I think that showing up in person, um, I think that's a, it's an important part of my work. And I just know when I participate in, you know, various trainings, I know how much I get out of being there in person, mm -hmm. but 
I also realize that that's not always possible for people for lots of different reasons. And I kid you not, when my kids were babies, if somebody had have had lots of online training, I would have been just sucking that dry because I, my brain just really needed stim stimulation of a specific kind. Um, and so what I'm going to be launching next year is like an, it's not actually an online platform so much, but it's going to be an online learning space. So what I'm going to throw on there is all kinds of webinars, short courses, long courses, a whole bunch of freebies um, and just a whole bunch of stuff um, that I hope people will find really helpful um, and accessible and it'll, this will all be under the, the Mindful Dietitian um, with dietitians and other health professionals in mind. So I'm really excited because I don't know about you two, but I've got so many presentations on my computer that are sitting there doing nothing and I've had some really lovely feedback from them and I'm like um I probably need to be just putting this up somewhere and then making it available to people so that so it's, it's not that it's a secret it's just that um <clears throat> it feels like a slightly bigger project so I just need to dive into that in the new year wow that's amazing well, you've already got us signed up, so amazing <laughs> that we got to hear it first. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. So, I mean, there will be a wide variety of things, there. not of not um, all of which will be interesting to people, but hopefully little bit pieces. Oh, love that. Just I'm, like, totally there yeah. right now with the, you know, young people in my house, and I totally get what you just said about having that um, at 2 o'clock in the morning to listen to. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So exciting. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we always love to ask uh, people that are joining us about what's currently nourishing you. And that could mm. be something personal, professional, something that overlaps. Is there anything that stands out for you? Uh, I love this question. This is such a great one. I would say two things that are coming to mind. The first is that um, for the first time in many, many years, we actually have a live Christmas tree in the house. And just that smell mm. is so... Everybody here who um, who who celebrates Christmas or who, who resonates with, with the tradition of Christmas will understand what I mean when I say there's that really, that pine, the, I don't know, it's just something really cool that I'm really enjoying. So rather than kind of launching into my house, which is usually quite busy, quite noisy, quite um, full of energy and full of life, I guess, if I was being super positive <laughs> um, on, on my, maybe I'm not, you know, when I'm feeling tired, maybe I would say it's full of mischief and noisiness really but okay so that smell I find just so beautiful and it's a beautiful grounding kind of um thing for me to do is just to stand and smell the tree um it makes me very happy um and the second thing that's really grounding me um and nourishing me I should say at the moment is um I am working towards, uh, I don't know whether you do this kind of thing in Canada, but when I say it aloud, it sounds a little bit ridiculous what I'm actually endeavouring. But together with, <laughs> together, together with three really good friends of mine, we are going to walk 100 kilometres. Um, oh, I saw that on your, some social media thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I put it on social media so that it reminds me that this is actually what I've committed to. Um, So I'm actually sitting here today. uh, So 100 kilometres for those who are in miles is around 60 miles or so. Is that about right? Um, Oh, I don't know. I don't know my answer. Yeah, it, it's around 60 miles. So let's just pretend we're all Canadian, we're all Australian. Who cares yes. about miles? It's 100 exactly. kilometres, um, which uh, it's a long way. So, um, so at the moment we're training and what's nourishing me is these friendships that I am cultivating on a much deeper level because we're doing a lot of chatting because we're all quite uncomfortable um you know especially as we get over the 20k mark we are um we are sharing a lot talking a lot so i'm just finding that connectedness with my girlfriends really really nourishing um i just i always feel physically really tired and very sore after we train and then i but i just feel so grateful for um, not only my ability to to participate in this um, particular endeavor but also the um, connectedness that comes from these very special friendships which are kind of you know the more we walk, the more we talk, and it's just, it, it's become so much more than what we um, set out to do. That's so beautiful. Mm. I would love to walk 100 kilometres with you. Oh, my God, Laurie. Can you imagine where our conversations would go? They'd go to a scarily, a scarily amazing place. And there would be so many hashtags. And there would be so <laughs> many hashtags. Oh, my God. Oh my goodness! Yeah, we would actually we would find I think a lot of the answers the world really we would come up with all kinds of brilliant suggestions for um, or brilliant ideas for all kinds of projects and um, oh my goodness! So you're gonna have to do it. So we'll have to do it. Let let me know how I go. How I go with my first hundred k? Hey, I'll let you know. Okay, you let us know. (laughs) Oh my god. We could do 10. I'm good with 10. I want to join. <laughs> 10 is good. 10 is completely comfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah. 10, we're not going to get deep enough into what we want to solve all the problems of. You probably have to get over 50 before you can hit that. Sure. Well, we could do 10 by 10. Yeah. Oh, yes. There you go. Every there you go. 10, That's have a funny. snack and a nap. Yes. And a little massage. Yeah. Oh, see? <laughs> Look at We totally could plan this. Totally. Kidding me? awesome can't wait for that day well thank you so much for joining us today this has been so amazing um i I know before we start we hit record i was like we're gonna try really hard not to fangirl because Corey and i are such huge fans of you um i think we did fangirl a little bit but i think it's cool i'm pretty sure Um, we talk about fiona like every day (laughs) oh yeah it's like, oh my God, did you see this? Did you see what she posted? Did you? Oh yeah, totally. totally. We've decided you're, you're a friend that doesn't live here. I know. Can I tell you a funny story? So, well, I think it's funny. So many years, well, not many, maybe five years ago or so when I was just becoming a lot more involved in the community as we know it now, Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not even that long ago, maybe three or four years ago. I don't feel it like it was that long ago, but I feel like I've come a long way. I connected with 
Julie Duffy Dillon, who we all know is a, an incredible um, health at every size, weight inclusive and fat positive dietitian from North Carolina. And um, I don't know what we, we connected about something. I don't even know what it was. I think I was, I've been eternally trying to get her on my podcast and she keeps blowing me off. I'm kidding. She doesn't keep blowing me off. But we can't find a time of the day, you know. Anyway, so um, and I said to her once, I hope this doesn't sound creepy, but I wish you were my next door neighbor. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. And then there was this like pause. And I was like, hello. <laughs> hello? You there? <laughs> anyway, so um, no. So that's kind of, you know, um, so I have actually said that to Julie, somebody who I have, who I adore, have so much respect for, and now I definitely could count as a friend, um, as I can definitely you two. So if, um, if you would like to be in our neighbourhood, then Julie and I are already in, we have designed it, it's going to be a court. It's going to have a basketball ring up one side um, and it'll, it'll be really cold for a week, like Canadian cold, so we can have an ice rink. But then it won't be cold anymore because none of us really love the cold. So it'll then be warm and we'll have one person with a pool um, and trampolines, like a trampoline heaven for all the kids. And... Um, yeah, so if you want to join us in our neighbourhood, then this is your consider this your official invitation. I am so in. Yeah, you had me at trampoline. Yes. <laughs> Not trampoline. for the kids though, for myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So, Laurie, um, your pelvic floor must all be intact. That's nice. Good for you. <laughs> I'm so happy for oh, you, no. Laurie. Oh no, I just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just pretend, pretend to make sure I wore five pairs of five pairs of pants and a pad. Yes, <laughs> yes. Do you know See? what's so funny about That's getting real? Do you know what's your, so funny about your Julie Duffy Dillon is um, story is that when I was at your workshop in Chicago, she was oh, behind yes. me in sign in line, and I heard her talk, and I literally whipped around. I was like, "Oh my god!" I was just listening to you in my head on the way here. <laughs> as I was podcast as I was walking, and she just stared at me. I'm like, "Oh." Your podcast. Hi, yes. I'm Lori. <laughs> she would have loved that. She's such a rad person. I love her. Oh yeah, she. But the look on her face at first, I was like, "Hi, hi." <laughs> I was a little overexcited. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was oh, that's hilarious. Well, see, so and funny. that's just how amazing she is. Is we are kind of both went like a little Gaga. Oh, she's so cool. As are you two. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been so much fun. I literally feel like I have just pulled up a cup of tea with a stool on a couch. Um, with a stool on a couch? What the hell am I talking about? With a stool at a bench oh, um, and just chatting with friends. So thank you for making this just such a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, um, especially after such a busy weekend where, you know, sometimes I get stuck in my head. This was so nourishing for me just to talk to someone who obviously I adore, but also learn so much from and, and so much inspiration. Like, I think it's just, uh, I just love you. So thank you so much. How can people stay in touch with you? Where do you want us to direct people? 
Yeah, great question. So if you are a, a health professional of whatever kind, whether you're a coach or even an educator or somebody who's who's more in the, I guess, the professional space, then um, uh, the best place to go is the mindfuldietitian.com.au, which is the website. Um, we also have a closed Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. Um, and some really thoughtful and incredible people um, are in that group, which is, yeah, just fun. Um, what else? I love to play over on Instagram and because I am so creative, it's called The Mindful Dietitian. And because I'm even more creative, I also have a podcast called The Mindful Dietitian and you can hear Laurie on it. She was Yay. only... Yay. Yay, <laughs> um, only a couple of eps ago and Corey, I'm coming for you, sister. Oh, dear. That yep. Will be- another excuse to talk to you so absolutely I can't wait so it'll be 2019 with Corey um and then if you're listening to this and you're curious more about you know um just other work that I'm doing then um bodypositiveaustralia.com.au and also the Facebook group Body Positive Australia is kind of where I hang out there um you know just with more general stuff um so thank you so much for this opportunity and I can't wait to catch up with both of you again really soon Yes. Thank you for being part of our Nourish Circle today. We hope you join us next time. 